ladies and gentlemen, this is the CCW podcast, and we're on, if, if you probably noticed, we're on a new set. This is a totally brand new set. I'm here joined with uh, Brian, Major Brian Rafke. Um, Brian, how are you doing today? Doing great. Great morning. How about yourself? Good, good. I mean, uh, I, I, I want you, you, you're kind of special here, I want you to know, because oh. you're going to be the first person to be on this new set. Oh, um, wow. We had another recording on Friday, but that one's not going out till later. Okay. So you will be like the first official person on this wow. brand new, like, really set up. You Added know. pressure. And it's beautiful, by the way. I like Thank it you. Thank you. Know. It was it was a lot of, it was a big headache to get together, I'll tell oh. you that much. Very nice. I approve. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. So today we're talking about a very serious subject. This month is um, Child Abuse Prevention Awareness or Prevention and Awareness Month um, throughout the entire week of or entire month of April. I'm sorry. We have this entire month dedicated to um, awareness. If you if you've seen on our social media, we've posted countless. We've we have a, a thing going on where we're posting every single week. It's a new uh, topic related to child abuse. So um, the first two weeks, I, th I believe we did we did um, physical abuse and then we did sexual abuse. That was the first week and the second week. Mm. Uh, this week coming out, we have I think it's neglect. Um, so we're we're covering a range of topics to kind of keep people informed on these things. And in turn, that's why you're here today. Um, so just I guess to speak a little bit about yourself. So uh, thank you for having me. Uh, so gracious you to have me, and this is such an important topic to cover, of so course. people can become aware of it and know what to look for and what they can do. Uh, a little bit about myself: I've been on the department 23 years. Uh, I'm the major of the Special Victims Bureau for the Miami-Dade Police Department. Uh, luckily enough, <clears throat> I've been a part of the Special Victims Bureau probably for about the past 11 years, off and on. I've worked uh, every rank from detective, sergeant, lieutenant. And now I'm back as the major. Oh, you've been around. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I was a detective in domestic crimes, a sergeant in domestic crimes, a sergeant in sex crimes, a lieutenant. I actually was a lieutenant that ran the vulnerable victim unit, which for our department handles all child abuse and utterly abused crimes. Uh, so it's something that's near and dear to my heart mm -hmm. and something that I know that um, something that we can't fail on, something we have to get right. So uh, it's so important for the community to be aware of what to look for and kind of what to keep an eye out for. So people reporting oftentimes is our best uh, ingredient to be able to catch this uh, before it gets too bad. Got you. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that, I mean, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's child abuse is something that's not really, you can't really predict off the bat. It's so, it's so it's such an interpersonal thing that it's, it's not like you, you can't just for example, like in other departments, you can go somewhere based off of crime rates, right? And you can go and, and, you know, try to figure out, okay, like how can we reduce that? This is something that's more between like the like interpersonal relationships, you know, correct me if I'm wrong here. Yeah, child abuse is one of those things that it spans, you know, all groups, you know, it spans mm -hmm. uh, economics, it, uh, it touches everybody in, in families, you know? So abuse in households, cannot be predicted. It's something that unfortunately occurs. And one of the main things we always want to do is to break the cycle of violence, break the cycle of abuse. And that's part of the uh, programs we have and victim advocates and people to, to get out in the community to really push the word out to know to report something if they see something. So I guess we can start there. So what, well, by definition, what exactly is child abuse for those who aren't informed? So child abuse, uh, when you think about it, is the intentional infliction of physical 
or mental harm upon a child, state statute definition, abbreviated version. But really you're looking for physical abuse includes any actions like uh, beating, burning, punching a child, just to name a few examples. Uh, when you get into the sexual abuse side, it's um, you know sexual assault or battery, fondling, molestation, showing a child pornography or any type of child pornography. And when you think of neglect, you're thinking about the failure to provide for a child's physical or mental health, emotional needs. And a big one that a lot of people don't know is the failing to provide medical care for children. Mm-hmm. And we see that a lot when, um, when a child's injured and, uh, and uh, parents don't take uh, the family or, or, or the child rather to get assistance. It's, it's really interesting because it's, it's something that's such a, uh, a wide spectrum, right? It's not, it's not such, it's not very, um, what's the word? It, so, it can happen and look in so many different ways, right? Yeah, it really can, you know, and, and what we know is that oftentimes an abuser for a child is someone that can be close to them. It usually mm-hmm. is a parent, a neighbor, a relative of some kind, someone that has access to the kid and someone the kid is familiar with. It mm-hmm. doesn't mean all the time, but that's a, you know, a typical ingredient when you're talking about abuse of a child. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, each year, approximately 3 million reports of suspected abuse occur throughout our country. Jesus. So just think about that. And that's just what's reported. So mm-hmm. we know that uh, there's a lot of cases that go unreported. And now more than ever, ever with COVID occurring, you know, we know that, you know, people that are potential abuse victims are quarantined inside with their family. Yeah. You know, have less um, ability to really uh, have those signs and symptoms uh, that are seen. You know, a lot of times kids that go to school, that's one of the main places that we get a lot of reporting from is a teacher seeing a child that they see all the time acting differently, behaving in a different way, see them with injuries that don't make a lot of sense. And they're some of our best first reporters as school staff. Yeah, I'd imagine. I mean, when you're when you're with a child every day, 24 seven, it's kind of easy to tell or I would I would hope that it's easy to tell when something is off about them. Right. Um, and because because of COVID, that's that I did, at least I can imagine that that's a big hit to a lot of the I guess the the ability to see what's actually going on. Um, but you touched, one of the things that you touched on that I, I, I didn't even realize that I'm pretty sure a lot of people don't don't um, know is one of the forms of neglect being lack of, of medical care. And again, it's COVID, you know, um, a lot of people with the idea of, of not wanting to, to, um, to, I guess, be careful with their, their children. They're not as careful. I was having a conversation with someone literally like, not, not that long ago, talking about um, the influence that parents give their kids on not wearing masks, right? Because um, I, I, I think I imagine that it's pretty easy to get a child to to want to wear a mask because, you know, it's if you tell them like, hey, listen, this is going to protect you for X, Y, and Z, um, they'll listen. But if you have a parent that's more defiant, the child is more more likely to, to not, you know, to, to not do it. So I don't know if that would something that would fall under that or if that's even not necessarily i mean the stuff that we see for that a lot of times is we'll, we'll have a case where maybe a child is injured accidentally so mm-hmm. we have you know think of a young child and maybe a pot of boiling water someone's okay. making spaghetti and they accidentally yeah. turn that onto themselves they weren't you know they're a kid running around 
And sometimes parents get so scared that they're going to get in trouble or something's going to happen that they'll try to do a home remedy or they'll try to do something to care for that injury uh-huh. instead of just taking the child to the hospital, get them the medical services that they need. You know, and obviously every case has its own uh, kind of lifespan and different things go into each case. So not one thing is an example for all. Okay. But that that, that would be like an example I, I would give for something, you know, if, if there's an accident that happens, things go wrong. Accidents happen. There's a difference in an accident happen and you take for treatment opposed to now that is now being mitigated to be something larger because... Instead of just taking a good treatment, you're trying to either hide it or because you're scared or trying to do some type of home thing instead of just getting services, getting treatment, making sure that kid's not in pain uh, or has some serious injuries. Okay, that makes that makes actually much more sense now when you yeah. when you put it that way, because I, I feel like that's that's more of a, a gray area that people don't a lot of that people don't really understand. I mean, myself included. Sure. Um, so then uh, to to kind of piggyback off of that, then what kind of signs could we really look for when it comes to these different kinds of, of abuse, right? Because even, even like you mentioned, a lot of parents don't even, I, I would imagine that even some parents don't know that their children are, are getting abused, right? Because this can happen between families. It can be a grandmother, it can be an aunt. It doesn't necessarily have to be a, a mother or a father. Sure. So how can, um, you, you see it You see it in like in TV all the time or, or in like these, a lot of shows and things like that. I've seen times where, you have like a father and then like his brother is abusing his daughter or something like that and they they never even know you know so what you know what what kind of signs should people look out for when it comes to this yeah so when you're thinking about physical abuse you want to look for unexplained injuries like burns bruises black eyes other types of injuries like that even bites um you know if you see a child that's fearful of a parent or caretaker uh that could be a sign and symptom of that also, any type of faded bruises, injuries that are healing. Sometimes for uh, someone in the um, in schools, they'll see it after a child maybe has missed school for a period of time and they come back with some kind of injuries that are in mid-level uh, he- healing processes. Uh, when you're thinking of sexual abuse, you know, any type of, uh, anytime you have a child that knows more about sexual uh, uh, actions and it's normal for their age range, you know? So if you have a child that's very young that's talking about sexual things that that doesn't match their age, that could be a sign of I something. Feel like, I personally feel like that's one that's definitely overlooked a lot too. You see a lot these days um, in, in different, um, I guess I'll call it old school families, you could say, um, where they're more a, a little different when it comes to speaking to the children about like different sexual acts like one of one of the um, I, there was like a viral video that i saw a couple years ago where it was a um it was like a cousin it was it was a young kid he was probably like no older than like eight and he had i guess it was like his older cousin and she was dancing on him like very but very provocatively right. and he was he you could <clears throat> clearly see in the video that he was super uncomfortable and she wouldn't stop and you can hear like the parents and, and other family members telling like, oh no, it's okay. Like he's a, he's a man. Like he should he should know what this is. When you can see that the child is clearly very uncomfortable, people don't understand like that. That falls under the yeah. Like that's a sign and symptom of something that you definitely want to uh, report and get someone to look into that. Now, these signs and symptoms don't necessarily mean that abuse is occurring, mm-hmm. but it could be you know a gateway to abuse that either has occurred or possibly can occur. Yeah. Uh, so it's definitely something that we want people to report. Mm-hmm. And then there's trained investigators, both on the Department of Children and Family side and law enforcement side for our, our bureau, specifically the Special Victims Bureau, 
that handles those types of things. So then how do, how do people go about reporting then since we're, we're moving on to that? So when you think about reporting, um, a couple of things. The, the main thing I always want to tell people to report is uh, the 1-896-ABUSE is the best way to do it. It's a DCF hotline, okay. and they could just call that right in. It's, again, it's 1-800-96-ABUSE. Um, and that's staffed. And what they essentially do is they'll take down the information. You know, typically you want to have, you know, the basic name, date of birth, age of the person. Uh, if you have it, you don't have to have that stuff or the location where the victim can be found. Um, there's also a couple of websites like they have reportabuse.dcf.florida.us. And they also have myfamilies.com. Mm -hmm. And, and also, there's always the old reliable 3054 police, or if it's an emergency, we always tell people to call 911. Of course, you and know. and all this all this information will be linked below in the description, and all everything that we talked about today will be available to to the audience for you guys to kind of look into. Or if you are experiencing it yourself, or you know somebody that is, you can know how to go about reporting it. Um, so to and again, so to kind of follow up on reporting it, so then if if someone wants to provoke once once we've already you know gone through the reporting process and things like that, how can people go about preventing it, right? Because I feel like that's still something that a lot of people forget. Like it's 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 when it comes to these serious kind of crimes, child abuse, all these different types of things that go on, people don't really understand that it never really stops. Like you you can't. Or I don't mean I don't mean in a sense that on a personal level does it stop you can prevent you can get a kid out of a, situ a bad situation but as a whole it, it doesn't really just go away so how do we go about as a community as as a whole how do we go about preventing these things and and being aware of it you know yeah so the main thing is is, is awareness for people to be aware of you know signs and symptoms what to look for how to report but also what's so important and what sometimes gets missed is just talking with your child talking with you know, a, a ch children in your family that you're responsible for or that you're close with, to be able to have that open dialogue and they feel comfortable, they feel safe to maybe disclose something that's happened to them. Um, we want parents and family to teach their children how to stay safe in public places, mm -hmm. be aware of their surroundings. Um, and, you know, one one big thing that an abuser will do is they'll, they'll, they'll tell a victim for them to keep a secret and to keep this secret from people that are close to them. And, you know, you really have to talk to your children and loved ones about, you know, that they can share their secrets with you, that they can share any secret that anyone tells them to keep. That is a red flag. You know, any yeah. any adult or any, you know, person tells a child to keep a secret, uh, That that's something we always want parents and family to be aware of and really trigger in on that to be able to know that something more nefarious may be going on. Uh, you also want to talk to your children about how to say no, get away. You know, uh, if someone tries to touch them or hurt them, you know, yeah. a lot of time kids uh, are taught that an adult is a responsible person. An adult is someone they have to listen to. Yeah. So you want to make sure that you have those conversations with your children when the time is not to listen to an adult, when the time is to get away from somebody. And that's very important as well. Um, and it's just about just sharing that trust with your kids. You know, one thing that we always tell uh, parents as well or family members is listen to your children and don't be dismissive of them. If yeah. a child discloses something to you, don't automatically come to some type of way that it could be explained. Listen to what they have to say. You know, go through the processes of what happens. You know, it, that time for a child is very delicate. So mm -hmm. if you have a child that's disclosing something 
and they get shut down automatically or maybe there's an explanation that the parent may think may be the reason that's not the time for that listen to them hear them out let them say what's happening before you come to any conclusions and we always say to report those things right away i mean you obviously obviously i would i would hope that the the intent of any parent is for their kids to be comfortable with them right um so to add to that what what if what what do we say to the kids then like how do because even let's say it's not necessarily happening to the kid but what about if if one of their friends is it's happening to right like how do how do how does a child go about or at least a young adult even go about talking about something like this if if you're able to provide that much yeah i mean i think one is 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 talking about this stuff right so talking about it is the way on how this it, it, it shines a light mm-hmm. on this type of abuse is speaking about it because the way that abusers try to 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 get to victims and people is to keep it quiet keep it a secret um, so we want people to talk about it so if, 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 if there's a young person out there and they know of abuse or they've been abused themselves you know they can talk to a counselor they can talk to a teacher they can talk to someone in law enforcement or even just a family friend. You know, in the state of Florida, if someone knows of abuse, they're required to report by law. Yeah. Uh, and there are certain people, obviously, that have mandatory reporting where everyone falls under a mandatory reporter. But some people have to provide their information like law enforcement and judges and school staff, uh, th- uh, people of that nature. So. If they report abuse to someone, you know, we really have to get that to where it gets into the hands of people that can help them. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the most important thing, right? We want to be able to to we we want to be able to fix or stop the the problem as before it gets any worse or as if if it even starts, right? Yes. That's the idea of prevention. Prevention is the big thing. So, prevention through awareness, information, all of that. Um I mean, um, I feel like we hit most of the points here. I do. Is there anything else you want to add? Uh, no, just for everyone to be aware, everyone to keep an eye out. You know, it's the people in the community that give us the best cases because they're the ones that are reporting it, calling it in. And our agency, Miami-Dade Police Department and Department of Children and Families and the child protection team that examines abuse in children, we work beautifully together. And we have a great working relationship and we all are in a way that we help each other and make sure that the right thing is done for these kids. And I always tell people, if, if you have a doubt, if you have a thought, you know, you can report it. If someone doesn't fall under those mandatory uh, reporting, people have to give their name, just your average citizen, you can report anonymously. You don't yeah. have to give your, you know, you, your information is protected, you know. So I always tell people, if, if you think something's going on, report it and it'll get in the hands of the right people that can look into it and you may save someone's life well thank you major refuge for coming on to speaking on this this super touchy subject um i appreciate your time ladies and gentlemen this has been the ccw podcast like i mentioned before all this information will be linked below um all this and and all this information will be shared it is child abuse prevention month so um we're going to be going over all these topics for the next two weeks we still have two more weeks in the month um from the day we're recording this i think it's uh, the 19th so um yeah thank you for watching and thank you for coming thank you thank you for having me